Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. I'm going to look again at one of the parables we looked at this morning. It'll simply be a starting place for uh, the rest of what we'll be talking about this evening is Matthew chapter 21, and beginning in verse 28. Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 28. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. Tax collectors and harlots believed him. But when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for giving us a clear picture of our responsibilities and privileges to be in your work. We ask tonight that you would give us even a better picture of what that involves, and we thank you for your word and its clarity for us. And, Father, we ask that these things would be in our minds and you remind us of these things when we need them the most. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A certain man had two sons, and he asked them to go to work in the vineyard. And, of course, many times on Sunday morning, we'll take the passage of Scripture, and I'm usually driving to a point, and I want to keep things streamlined. But what I want to look at tonight is exactly what would that involve and look at exactly what he would be asking them to do. And that helps us to understand some of the, the, the major importance of the question when he said, go to work today in my vineyard. If we go a little bit further, he said, here another parable, there was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it, dug a wine press and built a tower. This uh, process is mentioned again in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 and 4, and what he mentions in addition to that is he gathered the stones. You see, the first thing they would do when they decided to put in a vineyard is they would clear the stones out of the ground where they were going to plant the, the, the vines. Those stones would help build the fence up. So when it says they built a fence, they didn't import the material to there. They would gather stones from the ground. And the word hedge here can mean two things. They either planted thorny bushes around there or most likely on top of the stone wall they would get thorns and brambles and stack them on top of the stone wall because those of us who try to grow peas in south arkansas there are critters that would try to get in and get your grapes and so they would go go ahead and put that around there they didn't have our electric fences that's the precursor of the electric fence you'd have the stone wall and on top of it would be very uncomfortable well, all of this determined, it demanded some maintenance because all of you know that you can gather all the stones off of the top of a piece of ground. You let it rain for about a year, there are more stones. 
So when he said, go to work today in my vineyard, there was always work to do to maintain that fence and to keep the stones out of the ground. Also, the hedge that was over the top. I mean, those thorns and brambles don't last forever. Eventually, they would deteriorate. They were constantly having to check fences. They were constantly having to gather stones. They were constantly having to build up the fence because if a high fence is good, a higher fence is better. So that's what they were constantly having to do. The slips were planted 12 feet apart when they first planted the vineyard. A certain man planted a vineyard. Of course, in time, they would grow up and be on these trellises or the arbors. And from time to time, over the period of years, you would lose some vines. They would just cycle out. They would mature out. You'd have to take them out. There was always a constant replanting. Some vines would have to be replaced in any given year. So when he said, go work today in my vineyard, it could have been gathering stones. It could have been fence maintenance. It could have been replacing those vines. Now, when picking time came, you remember the parable of the laborers in the vineyard where the man even went to the 11th hour and they were asking for laborers in the vineyard. It was very labor intensive and it was very time sensitive. Now, I'm not sure if it was picking time or not, but the man had two sons, two qualified hands. And he said, go to work when? Today. There was work needed done today in the vineyard. Now, if it was picking time, it not only meant need to be done today, it needed to be done this hour. And if you remember, of course, the man hiring laborers throughout the whole day. These sons could have actually been involved in that. And they could have actually been, once the father came and brought the laborers, if they didn't actually go and hire them, they could have even had a supervisor role. And they could have been there, of course, to supervise those hands. They were just day workers. So they would make sure that the day workers picked the grapes correctly, took care of the vines, because we all know that if somebody's working on equipment that's not theirs, that they didn't pay for, sometimes they don't take real good care of it. So they make sure that they were make, picking the, the grapes and not destroying the vines. So we understand the boys, these two men, young men, would have had plenty to do after the grapes are picked. They're all put in the wine press. If you see in verse 33, it talks about a wine press. That is where the grapes are put into this vat, and the vat has a drain out of it. And then they would tread the grapes. I mean, get in there with your bare feet and tread the grapes. Yum. But that's what they would do. And they would tread the grapes, and the juice would come out of the spout in the wine press, and they would collect it. Now, they did several things with the juice. Some of the juice was boiled down and evaporated out, and they made a syrup with it called dibs. And they would, a lot of times, when you see the word honey in the Bible, it could mean wild honey, or it could mean that syrup, because they didn't start domesticating bees in actual hives like we know it today until the Roman Empire. So we realize there were a lot of places in the scripture in the Old Testament 
That honey could be wild honey, but it could also mean this syrup that they boiled out. Now, this syrup would be smeared on bread, and we thought we invented that. Now, all they needed was some peanut butter, but that would come later on, all right? But they boiled it down to a grape syrup that would be spread on bread, or it would be diluted with water, uh, and you could drink it that way. Most of the grapes and the juice, of course, were made into wine. This was out of necessity, not according to pleasure, simply because there were a lot of places if you did not have a spring or a well, the drinking water was not uh, safe. You couldn't drink the water. So what they would do is they would take the juice from the grapes, and of course we looked last week at the wine skin, but on a vast scale, what they would do is they would put them in large clay jars. And they would put them in large, the juice in large clay jars and let them stay open for about six weeks and get the fermentation process done. Then they would seal them with clay. And that's the way they would store it. Now we understand that that was a skilled task. That was something not just anybody could do. In order to boil this down and get it right, you had to be skilled. In order to make sure that everything was okay with this process, and it would ferment enough to kill the bacteria from all those nasty feet that had been treading on it. But quite seriously, that fermentation process would purify the juice, and then they would seal it up, and then it would be safe to drink. It's quite similar to our vinegar, but that's what they would drink. Many times they would take that, dilute it with water, and it would, of course, dis disinfect the water. In John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, Jesus said, uh, I am the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that he can, it can bear more fruit. Now, after the grapes were picked, after the juice was processed into whatever product, wintertime came. Time to take a break. Absolutely not. Pruning happened in the wintertime. So they would go through all of those vines and inspect every one of them. And they would inspect every one of them and see it was a dead branch that, that was just absolutely needed to be cut away. It was a productive branch. They would prune that. Now, what's involved with that? I'm not sure, but if you could sure mess it up. So that meant it required a skilled vine dresser. Now, no doubt these boys had grown up with, on the family farm. If there's anybody that would have had this skill by this time, they probably would have picked it up. So we're not just talking about a day laborer here that the father may not have been wanting them just to go out and gather stones, what anybody could do. It could have very well been that these two boys had a very specific skilled task that they'd been trained on. And he said, I need you to go today in the vineyard. Now, if they didn't go, he was very limited at who else could go. So you see the importance of the parable when Jesus said how crucial it was when the father asked his children to do a specific job 
He knows they're the ones he needs to do it because they could have very well been the ones who were skilled enough to do that. It's interesting, of course, to realize they're the ones who could do their job and nobody else could do it like they could do it. That, that sounds familiar when it comes to the kingdom work. We all have something we're skilled to do and the Father depends on us to take our skills into the vineyard. But one last passage of scripture that's, uh, that's very interesting in Luke chapter 13, if you want to turn there. It's another parable, but by pairing, put these parables together, you get a whole picture of what's going on. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 6. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? He answered and said, Sir, let it alone this year also. I will dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well. If not, after that, you can cut it down. A certain man had a fig tree in his vineyard. So by that we realize, and if you read, of course, the historical accounts of what went on in a Jewish household, especially a man that had vineyards, he did not limit his operation to vines. Had a vineyard, he would also have other trees in the vineyard. He would have fig trees, as in this case, and olive trees. So we recognize the vineyard was not just limited to grapevines. Now, grapevines alone was enough to keep you busy pretty much year-round. But if you add the fig tree, and then, you, of course, you add perhaps olive trees, you realize that's even a whole other skill uh, set that you need. But this passage tells us something, that the trees would be inspected. And this man inspected a tree and said, we want to cut it down. It hadn't bore fruit. Now, here's a man, of course, one of his skilled laborers comes up. It's not his son. It says, of course, the uh, keeper of the vineyard. He said, look, I know how to, to, to take care of this. He said, first thing we're going to do is we're going to dig around it. He said, I'm going to stir up the dirt around it, maybe even stir up the roots a bit, and then I'll fertilize it. They had plenty of fertilizer there. They had sheep, they had cattle, they had lots of factories to make that fertilizer. He said, I'm going to pile that fertilizer on it, and then we'll see if we can get some action. So what happened is, we're not just dealing with vines. We're dealing with somebody who knew how to handle trees. So a certain man said to his two sons, go work today in my vineyard. Two important lessons for us as we go about the Father's kingdom work. All tasks needed to be done in a specific time frame. If I did not do that task today, that task may not need to be done tomorrow because it'd be too late. It comes to picking, it comes to pruning, all these things had a particular time frame. If I decided I just didn't want to work and put those tasks off, I could lose a crop. When it comes to God's kingdom work, 
When does it need to be done? Now. It needs to be done now. So I realize it is crucial that when God is asking me to do something, I need to take advantage of today and do that something. And the secondly, the sons were valuable. The sons were valuable as members of the family. They were skilled in the work. By now, they were skilled in the work. They were important to the father because of their knowledge and their ability. Everybody here in this room, you're important to the father. Now, I know a lot of people, they say, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. The Bible says we can. We all have a skill. We all have an ability. We all have a resource that the master can use. We find that in the parable of the vineyard, and it makes sense. God needs me. He doesn't need me everywhere, but he needs me right here. So there's where I'll work and do my job. Is there anything before we close?